Father God, thank you for Freddie. Thank you for the way you've been speaking to him over the weeks and months uh, to, uh, to bring your word to us today. Lord, we pray that you'll give us uh, ears to hear, hearts to take on what you've prepared in Freddie to uh, pass on to us today. Lord, may you speak boldly through him. And Lord, may we chew on your word this week. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. Thank you, I'll Craig. take that one. That was, that was mine, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It would have been a very short sermon otherwise. Maybe that's a good thing. Right. Uh, so we are talking today about Sabbath. Uh, and as Craig said earlier, we're starting our new series called The Long Game. We're looking at what it means to sustain a lifelong passion for discipleship. Uh, and particularly, we're looking at some of the tools we can use to help equip us to do that. So the tool we're looking at today is Sabbath. Uh, and our passage is Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. So I'm just going to read that for us now. Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3. So it reads... Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So just as we start, I want us to think about what it means to take a Sabbath. Um, so simply put, a Sabbath is a day of rest. But what does it mean to rest? I, um, I get into trouble when it comes to resting. Um, I've got two key skills as a man. Some people, they're fantastic sports people. Some, are, some people are great artists. Others, brilliant chefs. I don't have any of those skills, but I, I do have other, two other skills. My first key skill, I am very good at eating. I can eat a huge amount. My second key skill is sleeping. I can sleep anywhere, anytime, get my head down, I get back to sleep. But this is where I get put in trouble. I've said to some of you before, I don't really get myself in trouble as a husband very often. I'm very good at avoiding trouble. But sometimes I get put in trouble by my wife. Um, and one of the ways I get put in trouble is, um, is when, we are, when we're woken up overnight by Jonah, our son. Um, he, every now and again, he wakes us up. And we'll go and sort him out, but then it's time to get back to sleep. And see, this is where my key skill comes in. I'm a great sleeper. Head on the pillow, I am off like a, you know, out like a light within a few seconds. And I'll have a very restful night's sleep. I wake up the next morning and find I've been put in trouble. What am I in trouble for, I think to myself. Did I forget to take the bins out? Did I speak harshly to my wife? What have I done? And then it dawns on me. We were woken up overnight and I say, Becky, how did you sleep last night? And that's when I get the look. I get put in trouble because I am very good at sleeping, and sadly, Becky does not share the same key skill as me. She is not a good sleeper, and it takes her a long time to get back to sleep after we're woken up. And so for Becky, being woken up overnight is a reason to put me in trouble. But actually, look, Sabbath uh, as, a, as a concept, the rest that we're talking about when we think about Sabbath is much more than sleeping or napping. I think it would be wonderful if a Sabbath was one long giant nap, but God had better plans for us than that. Um, Yes, we do avoid doing things that drain us of energy on the Sabbath, but more than that, it is an active process of restoration. 
The Sabbath is about rest and restoration. And our passage today in Genesis, it is actually one of the only places in the Bible where we see God actively doing the Ten Commandments. If you think about most of the Ten Commandments, they are things to avoid. You know, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not envy. And of course, God keeps all of the Ten Commandments throughout the Bible, but these are passive things he avoids doing. This is one of the few places in the Bible where you see God actively doing something that demonstrates the Ten Commandments. And this isn't any old place in the Bible. This is right at the foundation of the world. You know, the beginning of the universe, the start of our story as human beings with God. Right at the beginning, God takes time to demonstrate Sabbath, to demonstrate what it means to rest and restore. And as we start our sermon series today, right at the beginning, as we think about how we can sustain lifelong discipleship, we are thinking about Sabbath too. We're thinking about restoration too. Because just as it was key and vital for God, it is key and vital for us as Christians. You know, God didn't need to take a Sabbath. You know, yes, he had just created the universe in seven days. You know, that would tire me out. I find it hard enough to create dinner for two people. But, you know, God is omnipotent. He did not need the Sabbath. He did not need to take a break. He did it to demonstrate to us the importance of restoration, the rhythm that we each need to get into as human beings and as disciples. So I don't know about you, but... I I perhaps don't always see Sabbath as that important in my head. Um, I think perhaps unconsciously, many of us, we we have a sort of ranking system for the Ten Commandments. You know, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to keep all the commandments all times. But, But I think often we do unconsciously rank them. Like, think about the command not to murder. I can say with 100% certainty, I have never murdered anyone. Like, I definitely keep that commandment. Definitely haven't killed anyone. But come to Sabbath. Like, it sort of slips down the rankings, doesn't it? You know, we can say with 100% certainty we're not murderers, but can we say with 100% certainty that we, we have never not kept the Sabbath? The Sabbath is an easy commandment to break. Um, you know, we slice off a little bit of time here, we do a little bit of work there. Before you know it, actually, we're not keeping a Sabbath at all. I think instinctively within our culture and within our faith, um, we, we struggle to understand the importance of Sabbath. We, we struggle to really understand what we're supposed to be doing on the Sabbath, and so we don't prioritize it. And so often, it's something that gets missed. It's something that slips. What I want us to do now is look at how to remedy that. You know, we've seen that Sabbath is a time of rest and restoration. We've discussed how important it is for us as Christians. So what I want us to do now is think about why we take a Sabbath and how we do that in our context. So let's start by thinking about why. So when I finished medical school, or or towards the end of medical school, I I had to take a medical elective. This was a three-month placement abroad supposedly working in a foreign country. Now I say supposedly working because I went to Australia and uh, I should have been in A&E seeing patients in Australia. In reality, I had a slightly more flexible time and there wasn't necessarily a huge amount of work that went on when I got to Australia. Um, 
when I came to my medical elective, I'd just set, sat my final medical school exams. I was essentially a qualified doctor, short of something terrible happening in the next sort of three months, I, I was going to be a doctor. And at that point, I had been revising more or less solidly for 18 months. Uh, I'd also been planning for a new job, applying for that job, uh, preparing to move homes, move uh, to a new, a new town, a new city. Um, and at the same time as all of that, I was also writing talks for church and other places, doing a huge amount at university with a rugby club. I, I was essentially on the go at all times. And I finished my finals on the Tuesday, I remember, and I flew out a week later. Um, and in that time, I, I was just packing and moving, getting all of my stuff out of London back to Weston, where my parents lived, packing to travel for three months away. Um, it was an absolutely manic week. And then I got to Australia. I got to Australia and suddenly it hit me, I had nothing to do. And honestly, I was bored. I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. I had been on the go for so long, producing for so long, working so hard for so long, that when I had this sudden moment, I just I couldn't stop. It was almost like I'd forgotten how to relax. And, um, you know, I remember there was this day, um, I got home from this placement in A&E in Australia, and I was, this was it, this was my time to enjoy this amazing culture. And instead I sort of sat on, on my iPad, morosely opening Word documents, trying to work out if there was something I could do. Um, you know, for the first time in such a long time, I didn't have any exams to revise for, I didn't have any talks to write, uh, and I didn't know what to do. I was bored. And I felt God tell me really strongly at this moment that I needed to let the ground lie fallow. And he said to me, if you want to stay productive, you have to rest. You know, within a few weeks or a few days probably of, of doing nothing, I'd remembered how to do it all too easily. It came back to me very quickly. And then I spent eight weeks really lying fallow. That's not to say I didn't do anything while I was in Australia. I did a huge amount, but I did things that restored me. You know, I immersed myself in nature. Uh, I, I went swimming and snorkeling a lot. I, I took time to be. I studied the Bible and I prayed. I ate fantastic food. I did things that restored my mind, my body, my soul. And at the end of those eight weeks, I had a hugely productive period and then went into a period of work that was intensely busy as a junior doctor. But that productivity only came from a place of intense rest and restoration. And this experience encapsulates why we take Sabbath. There are two key reasons. Firstly, for the sake of our productivity. If we want to remain productive, if we want to be fruitful disciples of Jesus, we have to have periods of rest and restoration. You know, uh, this Christian faith cannot be another tick box exercise. We, we are not going to sustain our faith if it is another tick box exercise, another chore to tick off on our week of things to do. It has to be something more. Our faith has to be something more, and it has to include these periods of restoration. Farmers don't keep plowing the same field over and over again. The soil breaks down, it loses its nutrients, it turns to dust, and it blows away. The ground has to have periods lying fallow, and the farmers plant crops in there that restore nutrients. They rotate the crop. And in the same way, we need periods of lying fallow, periods of restoration. So a Sabbath is important to keep us productive. But a Sabbath is also important to keep us from the idol of productivity. See, 
I think in our culture, everything is geared towards productivity. You know, so many people measure their worth by how much money they earn. Our country measures it, it's how, how well it's done by how much the economy grows by. How often at work are we measured by how many targets we hit? You know, so often our productivity is a surrogate marker for our worth as individuals in this culture. And, and then for us, we absorb that and productivity becomes our idol. It becomes the means for our existence. It becomes the thing that we constantly have to be doing. We have to be producing. We have to be busy. We have to be on the go. And when we take a, a Sabbath, we take a break from all that. A Sabbath, really at its heart, is a fast. We all understand the concept of fasting from food, having a period where we don't eat. A Sabbath is a fast from productivity. A period where instead of doing, we take time to be. You know, God created us as human beings, not human doings. And when we take a Sabbath, we remember that. We remember what it is to be with Jesus and we grow closer to him in discipleship. And I think there is a real challenge for us here. I think for so many of us, it is so easy to be programmed into being on the go constantly that to take a fast from that is so hard and so countercultural. But it is vitally important if we want to sustain a lifetime of discipleship. So that's why we take a Sabbath, to keep us productive and also to keep us from the idol of productivity. It, it helps to keep us in balance. Now let's think about how we take a Sabbath just as we finish. So in theory, a fast from productivity, that's simple, right? We just spend a day not doing anything. Well, actually, it gets a bit more complicated when you start trying to drill down into how you define that. Just, I just want us to consider Mark 2, verses 23 to 28, the end of Mark's gospel. Jesus is debating with the Pharisees. His disciples are going through a grain field on the Sabbath. They're picking heads of grain and eating them. And the, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they tell him that they are sinning because picking the grain is work. And Jesus talks to them about David in, uh, in Samuel chapter 21. I think it's, it's 1 Samuel, no, 2 Samuel chapter 21. He, t he reminds the, the, oh dear, I've lost my notes. He reminds the Pharisees that on that day, uh, David and his men were starving and the priests fed them consecrated bread. Now, by Old Testament law, David and his men should not have been eating that consecrated bread. It was for the priests only. But Jesus points out to the Pharisees that the men were not condemned for eating that bread and the priests were not condemned for feeding it to them because it was recognized as an act of mercy. And Jesus points, points the Pharisees to the same principle in what his disciples are doing. They are starving and they're eating food. It isn't work to pick food to eat. By Pharisaic tradition, any picking of grain counts as harvesting. Harvesting was work on the Sabbath, and therefore to pick grain on the Sabbath, even if you were starving, counted as work and was sinful. And Jesus says to them, the Sabbath is about restoration. It's not about a burden. You see, 
you know, the Old Testament law is about love and mercy. And, and the Pharisees were taking something that was supposed to bless people and turning it into a burden. And in the same way, as we think about Sabbath for us, we need to find a balance. We need to apply the principle of doing things that restore us, avoiding things that are productivity, tick box exercises, chores. We need to apply those principles as we filter what we should or shouldn't be doing on a Sabbath. For me, right, cooking is a very restorative process. Now, for the Pharisees, they wouldn't cook on the Sabbath. Cooking was a sin. It was producing. It was work. So they wouldn't cook. They'd prepare food in advance and eat what they'd prepared. But for me, I love cooking. And having a load of people over, friends and family, cooking a big meal on a Sunday afternoon, for me, that's a very restorative thing. So I don't think it's sin for me to cook on the Sabbath, despite what a Pharisee may say to me. Gardening, though... Some people love gardening, find it very restoring. For me, gardening is one long chore. You know, I, I look after our garden because I don't want to live in a jungle, but I, it's, it's just a series of tick boxes. You know, mow the lawn, cut the hedge, pull out the weeds, hope everything else flowers, see what happens. Um, I do not find gardening restorative. So for me, I probably shouldn't garden on the Sabbath. Now, other people obviously will find things quite different. Some people find gardening the most relaxing thing in the world. Some people hate cooking and find it as just a chore. You know, food is something to be, to be done rather than to be enjoyed. So for other people, perhaps they should prepare food in advance as a Pharisee should and spend the day in the garden. But that's not me. When, when we think about what we can do on the Sabbath, we need to apply those principles. We need to be fasting from productivity, from chores, from tick box exercises. And we need to be doing things that restore us. Now, I think we can think about that restoration in terms of four key relationships. Restoration of our relationship with God, restoration of our relationship with ourselves, restoration of our relationship with others, and restoration of our relationship with, with creation, with, with nature. I think if we can do those things, then that is what will help us to restore on the Sabbath. It, those are the things that will sustain us on the Sabbath. The focus here, remember, is on lifelong discipleship. It's, it's on things that restore and enrich these relationships in our lives in order that we are rested and ready to go again the next day. Now, a few practical points. Um, I think a Sabbath should be a 24-hour period, and it should be once a week. I don't really buy into people who try to sort of split a Sabbath um, through the week. I don't think it has to be the same 24-hour period every week, and I don't think it necessarily has to be a Sunday. But I do think a Sabbath should involve a period at church, or at the very least, a period spent focused on God. Because remember, we are restoring our relationship with God as, as one of those areas of restoration on the Sabbath. Um, I'm conscious we're slightly short of time, so I'm just going to pull things together there, I think. So, yeah, what we've discussed is the importance of taking a Sabbath. We've seen that it was so crucially important to God that at the beginning of the universe, he demonstrated what it meant to take a Sabbath. We, we've talked about how it allows us to remain productive, but it also keeps us from making an idol of productivity. And then we talk briefly about how we take a Sabbath, the areas to focus on, the things that we need to avoid, and the principles we need to apply. Um, would you just stand? I'd love to pray for us now.
Yes, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here with us now. We thank you that you are speaking to our hearts and our minds. And Father, um, I pray now that you would be restoring the Sabbath in our hearts. I pray you'd be equipping us to make space to have that 24-hour period of rest and restoration. Lord, we're sorry for the times that we have let a Sabbath slip. We're sorry for the times that we have made an idol of busyness and productivity. I pray now, Jesus, that you would be restoring a Sabbath in our hearts, that you would be releasing times of rest and restoration to us, that we would grow in our relationship with you and that you would sustain us through a lifetime of discipleship. Amen.